All right, I'm Ron. And I'm Jay. And you are tuning into the Boom Shock Entertainment Podcast. All right, Jay. So before before we jump into any like pop culture topics, like the topic topic, I had a really weird dream last night. Like, like you know, you just like you like you have like those lucid dreams, and like it's just like it doesn't like I don't know, it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but yeah, but they're like really vivid. Yeah. yeah, I've been there. But like mine was really like out of control. Like it was stupid. <laughs> like did, so, did you die? Here's the thing. <laughs> so, so, so we're, I'm in a bathroom, right? So, like, we're locking the doors of the bathroom. There's, like, a window. And cl- clearly, with the climate of things and the culture of things, we're trying to survive a, a zombie apocalypse. Right? Oh, oh, this sounds like my type of dream. <laughs> right. Go ahead. So, so, they're trying to break down the windows. We're trying to make a decision, like, you know, hey, man, look. Either we go, either we fight it out or whatever, whatever, and we really don't look like we have any other options. Like we're pretty much on the brink of like the end of our survival here. Like we're we're that group now. Okay. Right. So then, so then we notice that like there's like a like a like a break in the wall, like a shaft or something. Like like the wall is like faulty. Okay. And so, and so like we're like, oh, we can break through the wall. And so like we still hear noises and things like that, but we're like all right, well, we don't have any other, like, option to, like, you know, whatever. Like, we got to make this shake. So I, I break the, the wall down, and so, like, I, we see, like, an opening, and I reach my hand through, and a zombie's head just, like, pops out and is, like, shaking. He's like, ah, right? <laughs> I'm like, okay. So he bites my, my finger, right? But, like, it doesn't bite completely. Like, it's like he got it, but, like, it was like a, like a, like a quick little, like, whatever. Okay. But that's still sketchy, right? So there there's was like nothing th- sketchy about it. We have to blow your brains. Out. Right, right, right. <laughs> so the the two other people that are with me, they're like, like they're like, did you get bit? And I was like, uh, no, right. I was like, I was like, I, you know, he just like his head just grazed my hand. They're like, you sure? I was like, yeah. So I go to the sink real quick as the zombies are still breaking into the window. And like I wash my hand. And I'm looking at my finger. and I'm like, yeah, you know, like when you like fall and you're like, oh, I didn't really cut that deep. That's why I was looking at my finger. Mm. Right. So. So here's where things get zany. It's already getting there. Right? <laughs> so we, we, we knock the zombie out after that because he's the only one in there. And we fall into this, like, warehouse area. Like, store, like warehouse area. So how we went from, like, this bathroom down into, like, this warehouse. Yeah, dreams right? are weird. But yeah, right. <laughs> so, so, so we see, like, this warehouse door that slides open. There's, like, light outside. And we're like, okay, all right, there might be an exit here or we need, you know, whatever because the zombies are going to break through the bathroom anyway, and then they're going to fall down here with us. Then there's, like, this cage, like, this huge, like, human-like cage. And so then, like, we're like, all right, contact Zordon. (laughs) Wait, what? Zordon from Power Rangers. Yeah, that's what I'm asking. (laughs) Right, right, (laughs) right. So in my dream, I'm like, okay, all right, Zordon, Zordon. (laughs) Right. So this is a weird dream. All right, here we go. so, So Zordon, you see this green little thing of light, and the two people jump into it. And the, like they get zapped back, but I didn't get zapped back, right? So I was like, "Oh no, Zordon!" So apparently I'm the Green Ranger, right? Uh, somehow I'm the Green Ranger, and like I, <laughs> I go to I was like Zordon, you didn't you didn't warp me back. So like I step in the light and it's still not taking me back. So I was like, "Oh!" So I go out the door and I see like there's other survivors out here, right? 
Are they also Power Rangers? Or? Here's the thing. So I'm like, oh, God. And I see zombies. I'm like, oh, man, I guess I'm just stuck here to deal with this. But I see other survivors, so that's hope- this is hopeful. And so, what? Uh, okay. So, <laughs> so I walk out, and I see another Green Ranger. And he's like, you lost your powers because you're in another universe. And I'm the Green Ranger here. Bro, what is happening yeah, in your dreams? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, so I was like. So Sounds wait. like a fanfic. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, what? And then I was like, well. And then the, like, and then pretty much from there, like, it ended. That's a cliffhanger. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> that is. A, that, and so my only wow. thought was like, Zordon didn't take me back because he's like, I saw your butt get bit by that zombie. Like, right? Like, okay, he's like. Okay, but isn't a Power Rangers whole thing to like save people? Right. So why wouldn't they like stay to help you save people? They kind of ju- they did. They like weren't it. Power Rangers. I was the only Power Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> they sent one Ranger <laughs> to go. I'm I'm assume save people that were in a bathroom. But I had no idea I was a Ranger until I got to the warehouse. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I'm so confused. You have to say it didn't make any sense. But so that was so. I just wanted to start off with that. I just thought it was an interesting dream. Huh? Right. Yeah, that's an understatement. <laughs> right. Right. So secondly. All right, so for the topic for today. Are we, I, are we talking about zombies today? Because, you know, that's, they, that's, my, that's they, my favorite. They, they can be in there. It's, so it's, it's kind of in that range. So I say pop culturally wise, anime slash video game wise, what has influenced you the most genre wise? Like either one of those. And we're only talking anime and video games. Yeah. Oh, that's hard. Okay, because I got favorites, I, but I can't say. I had, I had, when you say influence, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I had one where I was going to ask like, would you rather be in the Resident Evil world or the Walking Dead world? But, like, I mean, when you get into B.O.W.s at that point, I mean, I think I'd rather take the Walking Dead yeah, world easily. because, like, easily. you just don't have to worry about mutated creatures and tyrants and things like that. Easily. So The only thing you got to worry about is other people. Right. And so that's always like, meh. Mm, Unless but there's yeah. no law, you could just blast somebody and that'd be that. Or they can blast you and you're out of your misery. I mean, it's a win-win. Well, see, I was having a hard time. Well, did you did you ever play Dying Light? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. So I guess Dying Light. Are would you talking probably... about like the the nighttime zombies? Yeah. yeah, how they kind of like everything gets buffed. So yeah. so that would probably be the closest thing because like in Resident Evil, like the for definitely like the first ones, mm-hmm. like you. And for those that don't know, Dying Light is a video game. Uh, yeah. Is it PS4 exclusive or is it on both? I don't know if it's uh, exclusive. Well, regardless, it's a game. Uh, it's clearly in the zombie genre. Yeah. And uh, essentially, you know, you got your regular zombies during the day, but as night falls, uh, there's these, I, I forget what they're called, but they're like these super zombies, essentially. They yeah. kind of mutate, uh, and it's only during dark hours. So if you go out and scavenging and things like that, um, like you might want to do it in the day because uh, they will group up on you. And, and what's cool is, it's like you have the anxiety because sometimes you stay out too long yeah. and the sun starts dropping you're like, I'm yeah. nowhere close to being like... And you just got to run side. to the nearest building and start locking stuff up. Well, I saw like the buggy chase. That's what really got me. Yeah. And was like the fact that they were like still on you yep. when you're going full speed in a buggy. Yeah. Right? And I'm just like... So that would probably be the closest. So if there was a conversation... That would probably be the closest thing to like Resident Evil in that regard, okay. because the buff zombies plus the BOWs, like which would you rather mess with? Like, at least in that world, you knew it only happened at nighttime, so you had like whatever. But like in Resident Evil, like it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, in like, Resident dang. Evil, like my name isn't Leon or Chris, so I have no plot armor. <laughs> I have no military training, and some of you guys might have military training. But I feel like even in, when you have specific types of training, uh, 
you know, let's just say, let's say you're not even in the military. You just went and you know how to shoot a gun. You you did Brazilian jiu-jitsu, whatever. If I see Demesis in the street, I don't care what I've learned. I'm still like, yo, I'm thinking about running. I'm thinking about running. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to try and sit here and fight this man who's like, what, what is he, like 10 foot tall? I don't know. He's don't up know. there. He's, he's 10 feet tall, he might solid as well muscles, be, yeah. slapping slapping missiles out of the way like i'm good man yeah i'm good like i'll, I'll take my chances elsewhere <laughs> well well here's the thing also too like you said plot armor in that regard in the resident Evil world so it's like it's leon I, I remember reading so there's a there's actually like a comic book slash manga for resident Evil. Mm-hmm. so some of that didn't make it into the actual game so i watched it like a patrol of cops go after a liquor right okay the assault rifles like hand grenades uh like stuff like that right mm-hmm. and so there apparently there was like uh like a um like a class of liquor so there was like a top liquor like the deadliest one of course there of the group, like an alpha and then i mean a liquor in general is just out of control right. right so um so basically they this whole squadron takes it on and gets completely wiped out right that's how it goes so you were talking about the military training whatever it's almost meaningless because yeah. you're just fodder. I mean, I wouldn't say meaningless because when we're talking about at, when we're talking about things like this, survival is clearly the number one thing that's on everyone's mm-hmm. mind. And survival doesn't just mean fighting. It doesn't yeah. just mean that you got to learn how to feed yourself, uh, get water, and things like that. And that means planting food, finding places uh, with canned foods, things like that. Mm-hmm. If you decide to use a vehicle, you got to know vehicle maintenance. If you decide to stay on foot, you got to be able to preparing your shoes there's no telling when you're going to be able to come across more clothing and things like that or clothing that fits or you know what i'm saying right um you got to know how to bandage yourself how to cauterize wounds how to if you decide to stick in a group can you trust these people like survival comes on all different levels (laughs) wesker syndrome (laughs) exactly there's so many examples you can give for that um but yeah no so so mentioning the squadron Mm -hmm. so they get completely wiped out so leon shows up and he realizes that this thing works off of like heat sound right mm-hmm. so my man pulls out a knife and literally bests this thing like it doesn't kill it because it shows up again later uh-huh. but like i'm talking about like seven eight people just get wiped this man fights off a liquor with that's, a knife that's plot armor right that's what i'm saying he's so in the like, top one percent of uh, fighters out there <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> Um, and that's another discussion later too, because we could talk about Leon and Chris. That that thing has been a debate for forever. Um, oh yeah, yeah, we got way off topic. Back but to yeah. the uh, most influential. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna pick one for each. It's gonna okay. be kind of hard though, because I've watched a lot of anime and I've played a lot of video games. Okay. Um, most influential anime, as far as like an effect on my personality, I'll pick two. Okay. My favorite anime is Death Note because I like the I like the psychological games. There were almost no punches thrown, okay. almost like there was almost no violence, it, but it was still very captivating. And to me, it was, it showed a lot of um, a lot of what I feel like people take for granted. It's always that mind versus versus matter type thing. Okay. Um, and a lot of people want to be the fittest or they want to be you know strong. They want to be the best fighter. They want to be the best shooter, or whatever. Um, and all that is like really physical. But if you have a certain mental capacity, right, and you can pretty much make everything into your favor based on, you know, the relations you have, the network that you build, things like that, that's almost even more valuable than what you can do physically because someone might not even have to touch you. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And there was a lot of that, you know, the entire well, time. to piggyback off what you're saying there, so one of my most influentials 
I mean, Dragon Ball has always been, right? Yeah, Dragon Ball is my second, but go ahead. Um, but Naruto, um, and a lot of people, you know, who are big anime guys, like, they, they don't really like to go mainstream like that. Yeah. But I, I mean, I've just, I'm a huge Naruto fan. I love the fighting. I love, I love just a lot of the themes. But when you were talking about the mind over matter thing, Shikamaru would probably be the one person that would fit that bill, right? I can say that, yeah. And so that's why he's one of my favorite characters, because... Um, you talk about just utilizing your knowledge, like the way he breaks down an entire situation. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he knows how to utilize a group too. Like, exactly. Right. So, and then he's not gonna he's not gonna lose twice. Like, you know, I know there was the Asuma incident, mm-hmm. but it, it, I mean, he's dealing with immortals, right? But the second time, they weren't immortals. He figured that out, you know. So I think that's that's an important thing to have when it comes to. Um, when it comes to having a good anime, like you have to have somebody that's a tactician. Um, but that's, and then another guy is Kakashi because he's got the a myriad of those things, right? Yes. He's got he's got all of them. And I know Kakashi's your guy. Yeah. He's, I mean, I respect him as a character too. But here's the thing, I don't like talking about any of the god tier characters. I don't like talking about Kakashi in particular, mm-hmm. Manato in particular, yeah. any of the people that like, they're cool ass characters. Anybody would want to be them in that series. Honestly, Monat, I can never say his yeah, last name. Minato? Right. Minato. Minato or Minato? Minato. Okay. Yeah. Is one of my favorite dudes on the show. Um, honestly, completely. <laughs> uh, but I, I got to be realistic. I'm like, I can't talk about him being too influential of a character. Right. Because. Well, one, they didn't write like, a lot of stuff on him. True. And the movies don't count. I'm not counting the, okay. the movies right now. Um, I mean, I know that they have their own. Uh, facets of realism because I think they're connected in like a separate dimension or something like that. Yeah. Um, but I just I'm not talking about those right now. Um, but yeah, like I feel like when you talk about characters like that, you're like eh, I can't really put too much on them, and I feel like kind of a hypocrite because Dragon Ball is my second most influential. Because uh, for anyone that doesn't know, like I'm really into fitness. Okay. Yeah. Um, like you know, oh, training right. the whole nine, and growing up, like I was kind of a, I was never uh, out of shape. You know, I played sports and things like that, but I was kind of a skinny kid. And I wanted to put on muscle. I wanted to be able to run longer and all that other stuff. And uh, which you're Dragon Ball, a great runner. Because <laughs> I see you it. run. I see you run sometimes, and I'm just like, um, I'll support from the sidelines. And um, you'll be out there one day. <laughs> yeah, you know, hey, uh, and all in due time. But um, and Vegeta was one of my favorite characters. Um, dra- early Dragon Ball Goku and Tien were my favorite. Uh, for those that don't know, Ooh. like the before Dragon Ball Z, mm-hmm. Tien was my guy. Same, like that, same. that was my guy. <laughs> Beyond Piccolo, I even liked Krillin because uh, he was. For those that don't know, I know everyone thinks that Krillin's just fodder, and maybe at this point he is. But like, he was the original rival for Goku. I'm talking about the ori- like all the way through everything. The original guy was Krillin. Yeah, that ended up being well, his best friend. Technically, later. technically though. After Grandpa Gohan died and then he went to Roshi, it became those two. Lamb chops. Yeah. Oh, you know what? You're right. Yamcha, but it was it was very brief. But like, because it, it was before the training arc, right? right? Yeah. The tr- actual, but when the training arc arc hit, that's when Krillin basically became Goku's best right. friend and like training partner. Exactly. But anyway, like yeah. I was saying, Dragon Ball uh, Vegeta's my favorite character, um, and Vegeta just pushed. You know, it didn't make sense. But, you know, Goku was more, uh, now he's kind of an idiot these days, but he was more of a technical guy. You know, he actually had fighting experience. You know, he, he was a martial artist. Vegeta wasn't that. He was just a dude. You know, he, he threw hands. That's what he, that's what he did. He yeah. threw hands and he trained. And he trained to such extents that even, yes, he was fueled by anger, most of it, or, you know, just very negative 
uh, thoughts, whether it be depression from the whole freezer thing or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it was a lot of negativity. I well, he had a lot of trauma in his life. Exactly. So, I mean, <laughs> I agree with that. However, when he worked out or when he trained or whatever, like, it didn't matter what was broken. Like, right. he was still going. I, I remember after the, uh, was it after the freeze arc where he was on Earth and he started uh, working out? The, yeah, the that, t- that the was. Chamber. Yeah. And then he, like, blew himself up or something. He was, like, all bandaged up. He, like, got woke up in the hospital and was like, all right, time to train. Got up and started doing two finger push ups. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, obviously, it's a little far fetched for everybody out there. But I'm saying, like, that type of grit is what really was, like, all right, I'm, 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 I'm like, no matter what, no matter how many sets there are, no matter how many pull ups I got to do, like, I'm, I'm finishing. Okay. But, uh, yeah, what about you? Yeah. So I got to so, pick a game, too, but we'll go anime, anime, then games. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Right. Um, yeah, no, so, I mean, yeah, definitely, like, Naruto being one. Um, I think Naruto's story in general, um, just basically going from rags to riches, right? And that's mm-hmm. in regard, but, like, it took, like, the whole series. Mm-hmm. But just to see his struggles, um, some of the psychological things that, like, I felt like were relatable to real life and things like that. That's fair. Um, but also, too, just, like, some of the fight scenes, like, like I, I believe Kishimoto even used, like, um, like he used real fight scenes from movies and things like that, or mm-hmm. other anime that he felt, like, were inspiring. Okay. So, like, like Jackie Chan, um, like, one of his films, like, the Sasuke Naruto fight at the at the waterfall. Uh, yep, I know. That's like, a famous one, yeah. Yeah, like, he used Jackie Chan's stance right. in that. Like, I thought that was really cool, like, a really good, like, homage to that. Um, the Neji Naruto fight back in the tuning exams. Yep. He used a fight scene from Cowboy Bebop, which is another one of my favorites. Like, mm. I might even say that's, that's one, one of, of my most influential. I still haven't watched it, man. I gotta oh make goodness. more time to watch that. Man. Yeah, I'm so, just catching up, guys. <laughs> that's, no, it's all good. It's all good. Um, you know, so like that's definitely definitely one of them. I would say Dragon Ball because, like, I mean, it's Dragon Ball. Right, I mean, I feel like it, that that grew the quickest, and I, I don't like to even talk about Dragon Ball like that yeah. because it's too mainstream, and I don't want to be that guy that's like that's the only one you reference. Yeah. But like honestly, I think that was what got me into anime to begin with. I used to like make fun of it as a kid. Okay. Uh, and then I I think I watched one episode or something <laughs> of like I think it was Goku and Piccolo or something like that. I used to always just call it the show where they stare at each other and yell. Okay. And then uh, <laughs> that's accurate. And then, <laughs> And then I actually started watching, and I was like, oh, damn, like, I want to start from the beginning. And someone had told me to start from Dragon Ball. So I was one of the lucky few that start, like, went all the way back and didn't start from Z. Okay. So, like, I felt, I, like, I saw Goku grow up and then, you know, get all the way to Super now being a granddad and kind of an idiot. And, <laughs> well, <laughs> um, and, like, yeah, just I saw that. I saw all the character development. I've seen, I like how Tien, I don't know how they never stopped. They always stopped talking about him. Like, he just kind of became a background character. But he never stopped training. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh, He's no. one of the few that has never stopped. It didn't matter who, who got stronger than him mm-hmm. or what transformations what had, were had. Well, on or off screen, he was training. Well, yeah, him and Krillin basically stayed in that realm. But I think um, Tian's last little bit of, like, I mean, he had a little bit in the Majin Buu saga, I think. Yeah, because he said Gohan that one time. Yeah. Yeah. Because that tri-beam was really what, like, that was the big thing. Like, his tri-beam had some sort of, like, magnified effect. You exactly. Know? So, uh, he, he really had a big part in the Cell saga. But, like, you know, I think it's kind of tough. Like, Vegeta is the only person, because, one, genetically, him and Goku are essentially yeah. the same. So, it's like... That explained Goku's outrageousness coming into Z. It's right. like, oh, right, he's an alien. <laughs> um, you know, so, like, um, you know, I think, you know, it's hard to keep the humans like that unless they figure out some 
sort of god tier thing for them yeah and if it went to anybody it would either need to be krillin tn or like the both of them right right um but yeah so that's but, another debate tn versus krillin as far as who's the strongest but we'll get to that we'll get okay to that. let's talk about influences for um, now um and then as far as influences though i think cowboy bebop i will say that because um i think cowboy bebop got me into other genres of anime um so like it helped me move from like the dragon balls right. um from like i don't know if you remember like from the early tsunami days like gundam wing gundam wing is another one that i thought was really influential like i love gundam um just like the whole mech genre um and they just did it so well like um, and that's a whole nother discussion because there's so many different ones yeah um but but i think bebop helped me venture into like you know like your samurai shampoos or your s cryads or your outlaw stars you know things like that um and um i think to me those are probably the two like most influential for me like growing up uh, i will say the fatal fury series too okay. um it's a little obscure um to some because it's just like older um but i definitely say that had a big part in like um you know transition as well to like some of the more in-depth animes like going forward so but yeah how about you uh video game wise all right so this is kind of hard to narrow down uh, i had a very i don't have specific games but i have game franchises okay. that have like pretty much been my childhood like uh halo growing up okay um that was my favorite. I did the whole clan thing, that whole cringe setup. <laughs> what? I did that. Um, like, uh, every single game beat on Legendary, sometimes Mythic. Like, I just played with friends. It was just a fun game. Okay. Um, I was never into multiplayer. That got me into multiplayer. I was always more of a story guy, but, like, that really uh, got well, me into it. I feel like that was, like, the progenitor of, like, of, like, first person. Yeah. Like, because, like... I mean, because the only thing competing with it at the time before Gears got up was Call of Duty. Duty, like, right? Call of Duty P- was around for a while. Like PS2, right? right? Like, and that still wasn't like. And the clear distinction between all right, Halo, between all right, this is a space shooter or whatever, and this is on the uh, on the ground. But graphically, like, though, yes, Halo yes. was like leaps yes. and bounds. Like, if you were gonna get an Xbox, you were getting Xbox because of Halo. Because of Halo. And then later Gears came on. Uh, and personally, I feel like they ran kind of Halo and Gears into the ground. Okay. Uh, I, I think the Gears should have ended around um, episode, not episode, but around uh, number three. And then if you wanted to do a prequel, then Judgment was fine. But after that, it should have ended. That's just me. But I'm not like the biggest Gears fan. Uh, one of my friends, Joaquin, he's, um, you know, he's one of like the biggest Gears fans. And he felt like it was a downfall I did, But well. I didn't. I didn't know that though. I didn't. Oh, he was yeah. I, I didn't. He, he got a tattoo and everything. Well, well I have to talk to him about that because like yeah, we, we didn't have him on the show at some point. Yeah, because we didn't talk about games. Like, I mean, yeah. we got to chill that night. Right. But like, I didn't really get a sense because I know he said he wasn't a huge anime guy. Right. Anything like that, but I didn't really see like video game either. Yeah. But that, so that's that's good to know. Um. But yeah, it's I, Halo was like one of the most influential. I learned how. That was how I learned how to play shooters. And yeah, the controls were a bit different than like other games um at the time especially because you had pretty much a set scheme for most games when it came to fps okay um but the halo franchise grew up with it loved it also kingdom hearts when i first was introduced to kingdom hearts i was like maybe let's say i'm 23 now 2012 i was like 12 since you touched on kingdom hearts i won't touch on kingdom hearts no go for it go ahead no 
no i mean like i won't use that as one of my even though it's there because there's I mean, so it's, many it's but, it was one of those and I, the thing that got me was when i first played it i didn't know it had anything to do with disney well well see final fantasy final fantasy was another one of them because like so Wait, i'm, I'm the gonna, franchise or a game the franchise okay. but like seven specifically but like because like i i would start back as far as like nintendo because like i mean who who didn't you know mario and like sonic yeah, those yeah, like yeah, classic. Those, those are my big ones but like when it came to like basically after that generation so you mentioned kingdom hearts what got me really into kingdom hearts is like at the time i don't think i would have just played a disney game right but when i looked at the trailer and saw the square soft themes of like Sora looking like a kind of a mixture between a Final Fantasy character and and Riku looking completely like a, a Sephiroth like yeah. protege, and then I saw the like Final Fantasy characters in Kingdom Hearts, and I saw that like me and my cousins when we saw that commercial, we were like, like we were re- damn, I don't even remember the original commercial, dude, dude, uh, dude. When you walk away, hey, <laughs> like when we looked at it, we were like, we were we were just freaked out because we we never had a game outside of Final Fantasy, the RPG element that incorporated Final Fantasy characters, mm-hmm. right? So you, you had to beat the game, you had to get to that particular boss, experience that moment, and then move on. But to see them in a mixture of that lore was just like, that was like, I, I don't even know how to explain it. Because like <laughs> when we saw it, we knew we were getting Kingdom Hearts. We were like, there was just no way we weren't gonna pick up Kingdom Hearts. Um, there's just too much culture in that and um and th- that's the only thing about three i'll say and, and that could be another discussion but, yeah is that they didn't add so many because yeah that crea- was a big yeah because the creator was like basically so that was a big letdown for a lot of people yeah because yeah. he's like we i don't feel like we needed it but i'm like but like basically yeah. the beginning was that's how you started yeah you you had all those elements so i think for original fans I think that made it yeah, harder. Like, I was never a Final Fantasy. I've never played a game of Final Fantasy. And I knew that they tweaked some of the, like, lore as far as some of the characters and backstories and stuff yeah. within the games. Um, but, you know, you play so much of it and you start to get attached to the the Final Fantasy characters as well. Because, yeah. I mean, even if you don't know what their true backstory is, you recognize them. I saw Orin for the first time in, like, some... Uh, some gameplay or maybe it was just a cutscene or something yeah. for Final Fantasy I just happened to see it somewhere and I recognized the character I was like oh that's so and so from whatever and I got excited and then you know in Kingdom Hearts 3 like I said uh, they put in some more Pixar stuff and like at, the, at this point let's be real Disney can stand on its own two feet right. without it I don't think that they should have but I understand the, the decision to do it um, yeah. you know a lot of things don't really have to do with uh, Fan the base. fans so much as it has to do with the business you right. know? so I mean I get it but um, definitely would have liked to have them more. But anyway, the, the Kingdom Hearts franchise was one of the biggest aso- alongside Halo for me uh, as far as influences go because Kingdom Hearts is what got me into that. I mean, it wouldn't be turn-based combat, but it would be like, uh, what would you really call that? Well, um, I mean, it's story-driven. Um, story-driven RPG. Yeah, it has like the RPG elements, right. um, but not so not so stagnant either. Like, it, it was, I mean, it was new. It was fresh, like... 
And that's what grabbed everybody, the key blades. Like, yeah. Like, that was like, like, that's the most illogical sword but, ever, but I'm about that life. But like, it's, like, amazing. <laughs> like, this thing looks so cool. And the oh. grind to get to 100 so that you can go fight the secret bosses, that was the best. And get the well, different. not 100, but 99. Um, getting the ultimate weapon, uh, getting the best costumes later on in, like, Kingdom Hearts 2 and so forth. Uh, in fact, in 2.5, and I was one of those people, uh, my cousin and I, I'm not going to say his name on the air, but okay. my cousin and I, uh, we just we loved playing Kingdom Hearts um, to the point where we would just take turns going around secret bosses because okay. we knew we were going to lose. So we would just set up some snacks on the table, pass the control, it would be him, myself, sometimes my brother, and we just try fighting uh, in the original Kingdom Hearts 2, uh, Sephiroth at like level 45 <laughs> or 50. And... Uh, now he was like, oh, we're not going to grind. We'll just, you know, figure out what we can do. We got skills, whatever. Get smoked. And we're like, all right, pass the next person. And we just do that for about an hour. It was just fun. You would have to be dang near perfect to get stuff <laughs> off that early into the game. Like, jeez. <laughs> as far as, uh, well, your damage output wasn't even the best. That's what I'm be saying. Honest. That's what I'm saying. Like, you'd have to your parries, everything. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you even had that skill yet. You need to know um, exactly what magic to use. Uh, yeah. You know, but I've, I've seen people like some of those like guys like do it, but you got to be like a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but um, yeah. But as far as uh, what was I was making a point with that? Uh, Kingdom Hearts. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, the story. There you go. A lot of people later. I think it's more of. I mean, I don't want to say more of, but people that got into the series later, let's say three five eight over two, which I believe was the fourth game. Mm -hmm. um, I could be wrong about that. From there on, people kind of get irritated about the story. And I get it because it's like, oh, you know, why do I have to put all these pieces together? And I think the mobile game was a bad idea. But before the mobile game was a thing that became relevant, I liked the fact that you never got the full story. You might have had four or five questions answered in the next game, but you're going to get three more by the end of that game to be like, damn, now what? Like, who is this? Oh, what is and that? also, too, if you really, like, pushed it, like, if you, like, you know, uh, like, in a sense, like, platinumed it out, right? Yeah. Um, you could get a little bit more, too. Right. Like, the secret endings. Yeah. Or you could just go to YouTube the, uh, and watch somebody else do it. The official <laughs> reveal of Birth by Sleep when nobody knew what the hell that was, mm. and it was just the, them in the armor, and everyone was like, yo, what the hell is this? Like, what is... Xehanort and all that. I was like, it was like, Whoa. Everybody was, like, ecstatic, especially because... Kingdom Hearts 2 was such a good game in comparison to like everything they had going and don't get me wrong guys the Kingdom Hearts 1 was a classic you know even if, like the, from the small details when you walk through doors in Kingdom Hearts 1 they would actually open and you'd walk through and stuff like that and they took that out later and like people oh. don't notice yeah exactly okay, okay. Um, like in Twi what, what was it called I think it was Twilight Town Traverse Town yeah. one of the two you would actually walk through a door the door would open and you would see Sora walk through and then you'd be in the next part oh. and there's just small touches like that I think I noticed it now like, like I picture it now but I'm like exactly and you know the, the mechanics weren't the best but as far as like really engaging you and who the characters were and having the Disney people actually matter as, you know what I'm saying and, it, and not just being like alright this is this Disney character I know I'm gonna go defeat them but like, I'm interested I'm invested in the story on the way there Kingdom Hearts 1 really had that Kingdom Hearts 2 drastically improved on the gameplay yeah um, and the story was pretty good too um and then the story overall throughout the franchise is great once you put the pieces together. It was just putting those pieces together. But uh, I was pretty long-winded. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. All that is good, man. Because, like, I mean, it's just one of those things in, in, in pop culture history that's, like, it's just, like, a mainstay. Like, I think it's almost timeless. Like, there's certain games you can go back and play, like, over and over. Okay. Um, so, for me, I would say PlayStation because uh, he had just bought a PlayStation. 
and um, we had like the like the Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis, and we used to play like Streets of Rage and all that together. But when I saw him play and struggle with Resident Evil and um, and Metal Gear, mm-hmm. um, he even played Final Fantasy VII. He's the one who got me into Final Fantasy VII because he had bought those three like flagships. And at the time, I was too young to really understand any of them, so I would just watch him. Like I mentioned to you, in Resident Evil 1, the first zombie room, I literally would shoot the first zombie and quit because I would have to watch him play it. And I was like, I knew at least that much. Um, But, like, that got me into story-driven, like, horror survival games, Metal Gear tactical espionage games, and that got me into turn-based games of, like, Final Fantasy. Um, So, like, influentially, I think PS1 has my heart in that um hmm trying to think what else might come to mind but what um franchise franchise wise that's that's tough i'd i'd have to say it would be between resident evil i can see that resident evil really the three that i named okay um metal gear i mean just for the story the tactical espionage like you had to use your mind to get through certain things you had to solve certain puzzles that taught me about survival horror and like the initial fear of playing those games was like really interesting but like there's something about knowing that you have limited ammo and that you're completely against the odds there's like a rush in that because you know you can survive it but it's like there's a good chance that you're just going to do it like just barely but I always I like the story of Chris and Jill and especially in like the first ones um, because those characters like it was their first time experiencing it so you kind of felt the fear with the characters unlike you know with like five and on like they're all pretty much experts so it put you in a different feel of the game of course camera angles things like that um, <laughs> that is an understatement yeah <laughs> you experience that for the first time um, so I think as far as most influential and even transitioning in horror, like, I don't think any other game has done as well as that uh, when it comes to, like, zombies, things like that. Like, there's some things that come close, but I think the closest thing for me, and I still say that to this day, that's, it's, is Dead Space 1 and 2. Oh, Dead Space is the scariest game series I've ever played. That was the closest thing that brought me back to the genre before Resident Evil 2 Remake came back out. Mm -hmm. Resident Evil 3 Remake kind of reminds me still more of, like, the action-y stuff, but, like, Resident Evil 2 Remake, um, and, like I said, the Dead Spaces before it. Have you um, played, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, like, they, I don't know, just leaps and bounds in the in the horror genre. So, for me, those are, 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 are steadfast for me, but, yeah. Have you played the Outlast series at all? I've watched Outlast. Um, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I only played in the dark. <laughs> on Which purpose. Is, it's the best way. Uh, I've yet to finish uh, number two. Okay. But there was, I finished the main story of number one, which is in an insane asylum. To me, I feel like that's a lot scarier than where the setting in number two is. You're in the woods, and there's like these religious fanatics. And the woods can be scary. There's, but but there's you put something. me in an insane asylum. There's something about an insane asylum, bro. <laughs> like, did you? We're talking corridors. We're talking about, like, you got to crawl through, build, like, under doors and stuff. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, and, the, and then you got to think about the people, the, ex- the experiments they exactly. did on people killed. They're, you know, like, like, it gives you the whole feel of this haunted 
Yeah, I mean, you're you're enclosed. Um, there's just yeah, there's something about insane asylums. And I, I also played Whistleblower, which is the DLC to uh, Outlast One. Okay. Also very scary. Now here's the thing. We'll have to sit down and like I'll have to sit down and oh, watch I'll, you I'll, play. I'll this. stream that crap. Don't okay, worry that's about cool. It. Yeah. <laughs> um, I believe I have it uh, for Xbox. I can stream it at some point once I get that set up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, easily. I see what you're saying about Resident Evil. Which is funny, uh, I'm a huge survival guy, you know this, um, and it doesn't matter if it's zombies, it could just be something as a, a worldwide power outage, it could be aliens coming, it could mm -hmm. be anything you want, I just like apocalyptic uh, okay. scenarios, simply because I feel like it puts everybody uh, on the same field, you know, uh, and there's, there's no social class at that point, there's no government, there's no, uh, <laughs> uh, it's just remnant, it's people. All right, it's people and whatever skills you got, whatever people you got, whatever um, you know, weapons, supplies, whatever it is you fittest. got. Exactly. Yeah. You're you're now everyone's down to a bare bones situation. Now what are you gonna do? Are you gonna <laughs> team up with somebody? Are you gonna rob everybody you see? Eventually someone's gonna get you. Are you gonna have a partner? Can you trust that partner? Dude. Like and we've had that discussion on a few. Yeah, we have. I've, I've heard. I've heard some people's feelings with my opinions when you it know comes what? to apocalypse At least, at least they're honest, though. Like, I mean, you got to be real with yourself. Um, uh, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm not the. I'm not this huge survivalist. You know, I know how to shoot or whatever. But I'm not like a military trained guy. I'm not a dude with a bunker in his basement. I'm, I know some people are actually like that. I'm not that guy. I mean, obviously, I know to keep canned foods. Mm. I know how to plant food. I don't. I don't do it because I mean, there's permits and stuff and right. where I live. But well, I know throw how those to out do the it. window. <laughs> right. I know how to do it. Um, you know, I have basic. I know how to start a fire. I can make a um, a what's called a. Uh, I just call it a fire kit, but there's a specific like name a flint fire type. Uh, of deal? Yes. Okay. Um, so I mean, like I can I know how to survive on certain ways. Certain ways. Um, I, I just like apocalyptic scenarios because of the fact that it puts everybody in a very bare bones situation where you have to make every decision you make is now the most important decision of your life. Um, and I feel like Resident Evil, uh, which is funny, the, the whole point of me bringing up this stuff is because Resident Evil never struck me as an apocalyptic game. There was always messed up things in each city, each game, you know what I'm saying? There was a lot of death, there was zombies, there were experiments, things like that. But it never reached the level of apocalypse, so I was never drawn to it. Right. I'm just recently getting into it now, uh, thanks to you. Mm -hmm. um, and I was surprised that I never got into it because I had zombies, and I just, I never knew exactly what it was. And I'm a huge zombie guy, I played State of Decay, you know, Days Gone, Last of Us, uh, oh, Metro series. And now that you mention it, you know, I know that I, I, I kind of proposed a question in the beginning of Walking Dead versus like Resident Evil. Yeah. I guess the... Walking Dead all day, man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> at least though, do you feel there's like a, some sort of endpoint in Resident Evil? Like, you know, there's always like an ending and then you get like this time of peace and then there's another outbreak. Oh, there's outbreak. none of that in Walking Dead. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, you know, in Walking Dead, it's almost like this is your new it's normal, your normal. Yeah. but at least in Resident Evil, there's a chance that you might be able to blitter it. Now, granted, now here's the thing: in Resident Evil, you can be the perfect shot. All right, you could be. Let's say you get 30 meters out every time you hit your target. Mm -hmm. Whatever. It doesn't matter in Resident Evil. Like you're gonna have to shoot them in the head two, three, four times oh, before yeah. they actually drop. And that's one zombie. That's true. All right. Plus they move quicker. They look like. I mean, obviously some of it's game mechanics, so you can't put that completely. Uh, and I haven't like read the wiki or anything, mm -hmm. so I don't know. But they seem to move and and grab a little harder. 
You okay. know what I'm saying? Move a little quicker uh, than, you know, your average zombie. Yeah, because in Walking Dead, they shoot, like, them in the head one time, yeah. and they're pretty much done. Personally, <laughs> I would like, uh, like, a World War Z type zombie or an I Am Legend type zombie <laughs> to really see what people are made of. <laughs> they're not gonna be made of much not not with something like that running around those are like bo and, that, and you know what maybe that's even a better world i know it's not video games yeah but like that's probably well yeah right walking dead's not a video game so so you it can, actually is there's a telltale story. oh yeah that's and right there's an actual yeah but like comparing comparing the like something like i am legend to like resident evil or right. something um granted i think resident evil still probably takes the cake because it just the creatures. I am legend. Is, they're smart though. Every zombie's smart. Yeah. They don't like sunlight, but they're smart. Like they actually know. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. So I mean, the closest thing to them probably would be like hunter class and mm. like tyrant, like the, those like getting that like in that right. genre. But everything else is probably is gonna fall in a lower category as far as like intelligence. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. Um, well, I tell you what. Um, let's see. I guess in closing. Well, just to reiterate. Yeah. Most influential games for me. Yeah. Uh, Kingdom Hearts. And, Ma- okay. and, and I was going to say Master Chief. Halo. Most influential animes. Death Note, which was semi-popular back in the day. And then Dragon Ball, which is like really It's mainstream. still kind of popular now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. So, yeah. So, for me, it was, I'd say, Resident Evil and Metal Gear. Um, video game-wise. And for anime, it would definitely be uh, the Naruto series, Naruto, Naruto Shippuden, and um, Cowboy Bebop. So sounds good. Yeah. Well, um, I hope you liked our discussion for today. Um, if you have any, um, you know, remarks or you know, you can put in the comments down below what your favorite video game or anime uh, is, or what brought you into uh, that particular culture in the comments below. All right. Well. Thank you for tuning in, and you guys have a good one. Peace.